We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respect to their leaders, past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome. Yes, this is the voice I'm using to Leadership of Ghouls. Yes, this is our second uh, now annual event for Mm. Leadership of Fools, the Leadership of Ghouls Halloween episode. And I'm going to get straight into it because I'm joined by two fellow travellers on the world of everything spooky and creepy. Um, uh, Rick Brown. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I've just suddenly realized thinking about Halloween, it's for some reason, it feels like one of the least scary days of this year, doesn't it? It's <laughs> the, in, in contrast to 2020, Halloween's kind of a dip down in terms of stress levels and, and, um, it, you know, it's scariness. Yeah, that's going to be the thing for the future. Oh, this makes it look like Halloween 2020, which we know is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, rounding out our intrepid trio. Oh, uh, joining us again. She spooked us last year. She's going to spook us again. Gina McCartney. Oh, it is great to be here. Thank you. <laughs> I, I can't believe a year has passed. I know. Uh, because time Ooh. has stood still where mm. um, the three of us are based in Melbourne and um, we are looking at kind of the first week of easing out into the world and as Rick mentioned that's probably been the scariest part of the week is <laughs> realizing that people are going to see me um that I might have to learn social cues again <laughs> what about yourselves I still don't I'm still not comfortable going further than five kilometers uh I, I really got used to my five kilometer radius and they expanded it to 25 kilometers I said no thank you I'm not interested if it's not within five kilometers I don't need it um and so I feel like even when they open everything up and you're allowed to visit people I might just stay put yeah It's a good point. It's a good point. (laughs) There's ease. There's an ease to it. (laughs) I've got shops. I've got parks. Everything I need is in five kilometres. If you haven't got stuff you need within five kilometres, you're living in the wrong spot. Rick has got his own ring of steel. That's what he's (laughs) set up. up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Gina. I'm glad to hear that, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm. Have you enjoyed your week? Have you been, Gina, have you been venturing yet? I actually ventured out to um, South Bank last Ooh. night and, wow, that was crazy. Driving really? driving the furthest I've driven in a long time, seeing the, the city, it was very spooky. It was really, really weird and I really had to remind myself to put on some pants before I left the house. <laughs> and, look, you know, a quick flash to the neighbours and then back in and I was fine. But it was really, it was really unusual. And I think I've been anticipating this moment of freedom, but I I think in reality it's going to take a bit of getting used to to get back out there. And It's like getting into a cold pool, isn't it? Some people want to dive straight in, but some people you just need to ease your way in a couple of toes at a time. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I agree. 
A hundred percent. The cold pool of freedom. That's what we've been. <laughs> that's what we've been released into. Some people dive in and are having the time of their lives, and some of us are still just standing on the shore, going, "Leave me alone! Don't! I'll do it when I'm ready." Yeah, it's yeah. not warm enough for the pool today. It's not warm enough. <laughs> I don't get in. I don't get in until it's forty degrees. I don't. <laughs> 40 degrees is also a two ice cream day in this household. Is You're it? allowed two Ooh. ice creams if it's 40 degrees. Yeah. That's a solid rule. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just, we're partial to ice cream in our house. You've so. got your brunch <laughs> ice cream and then you've got your after dinner ice cream. Exactly. After school mm. ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe afternoon it. brunch. <laughs> exactly. Is um, afternoon brunch just afternoon tea? There's no specific word for afternoon brunch, is there? Afternoon brunch is because bre- breakfast. Day- is, I think it's is, sorry. afternoon no, tea. You're all good. <laughs> because I guess Seven try- months of like, Zoom and we still haven't worked out how to do it. <laughs> yeah. I think, isn't it all day breakfast? Afternoon brunch is just all day breakfast. Mm, I don't know. I feel like we've dropped the ball on afternoon brunch, especially on a 40 degree day. Um, I feel like it needs its own name when you're having your ice cream in the afternoon. It's oh, not the scariest topic I've ever mused no. on. It's probably not Halloween specific, but no. it's it's really it's really taking up some brain space right now. Um, yeah, so look. I might check out for the rest of this podcast. If that's all right, <laughs> until I crack the code. We've lost oh. him. Well, last year I don't know if you remember Gina, but last year Rick had died uh, in the uh, in that's our leadership right. of rules. So he was joining us from the other side. So look, even if you check out, we're just grateful to hear that your passing was short lived. Yeah. Back <laughs> didn't stick. It didn't stick. No. Um, But look, let's get down to the nitty gritty. The reason why we're here is because Colin asked us and we turned up. So that is the number one reason Mm. why we're here. But secondly, to get all spooky, um, Gina, you hit it out of the park with a very creepy story last year um, and you have warned us you have a particularly spooky story this year when you are ready in your own time please lay it on us. Okay, so I'm going to start from the start because it goes back years and years and years. It began when I was about seven years old and my dad was watching Jaws on the TV. Now, I was far too young to be watching Jaws, so I was actually peeking over the couch and every every time I would get too nervous or there was a really scary scene, I'd run and pretend to go to the toilet. (laughs) And so what happened was that I developed an association of pot puree and absolute, you know, panic and nervousness and fear. And so what (laughs) happened was I started to have these really intense shark dreams because I was obviously going to the toilet and the potpourri was in the toilet. And I started to develop these really scary sharks, shark nightmares. And the nightmare was my dad and I were out fishing Mm -mm. and he would be out in the sea swimming. What's he doing? He's, and I was like, oh, oh. you know, and because he's a, he's a swimmer. Oh, yeah, and, still, come on. And as he would be coming back to the boat, a shark would take him. Oh, and my so God. this dream lasted for years. It was terrifying. Like I'd, I'd wake up hysterical. And but each, each year he'd get closer and closer to the boat. Anyway, about 11 years ago, the dream just stopped. And it ended, where it ended was that my dad was coming into the boat and I was able to pull him in. But his legs got taken. Oh my god! And I, but that's where the dream ended. Yeah. Okay. You know? and I was like, how weird! And you know, and and, and really, really horrible um, thing to wake up from, and really 
sad, but I was really glad my dad survived. So yeah. I was like, oh, good. At least the dream ends and he lives. Anyhow. Well, half a dad. Yeah. Well, half a dad, exactly. <laughs> but then where it gets really spooky is six months later, my dad had a motorbike accident. Oh, my gosh. And actually he's a paraplegic from that accident. Oh, and my gosh. When he had his accident, because it was up in the twisties in the Narbathongs, he couldn't feel half his legs but was trying to get across the line to save his, to save himself. So his legs, because he couldn't feel his legs. And oh my God. We had this moment where we realized real life has merged with dreams. And I obviously freaked out. Yeah. Uh, thinking that and I actually felt like I was partly to blame because if only <laughs> I progressed my dream a little bit further. I was going to say, if you could not dream about me, that'd be great. Or yeah, at least let us know if you've had any macabre dreams involving us and injuries. Just a heads up. I, I will let you know straight away, but it was a really freaky merge of dreams and real life. Yeah. Now he's right. And just and as a punchline for anyone that's hearing this and going, oh my gosh, my <laughs> dad has gone on to thrive. He's gone from computer tech developer to world champion badminton paraplegic player. So it's ended. (laughs) If anything, it's made him stronger. Stronger. That might actually be the spookiest part of the story that he's now an athlete, but (laughs) it unbelievable and freaked me right out. So look, a different type of spooky story to last time, but pay attention to your dreams is all I can say, guys, because you just don't know. Yeah. Or or just never dream. Uh, Do the Amanda Buckley (laughs) method and just don't sleep. Don't dream. Insomnia. It might be, it might be trying and taxing on your psyche, but at least no one gets hurt. (laughs) I did um, uh, on the topic of dreams. And and I know because some people I'm, I'm into dreams and I know I'm into other people's dreams um, because I don't have many anymore. Um, But I did have a recurring dream as a teenager, young adults, which was, um, the uh, the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, um, he would just turn up in any dream. Like I could be, I could be uh, having a being at a birthday party in a jumping castle, and he would just turn up and oh. freak me out. Uh, and one night, I had a dream where um, he was he was in the house with me, and uh, I was in my parents' house, which I had no, I no longer lived in. And um, I managed to get out of the house and he was still inside. And at the last minute, I remember that they've got a deadbolt and I stuck my hand inside the door and locked it with the key and took the key with me and shut it. So he was locked inside and I've never dreamed of him since. So in the dream, I solved the problem. And so, you know. um, Well, no, it's still, he's still there. I mean, yeah. I can someone's- never. I've never seen my parents since. <laughs> no, I cannot go to their house. <laughs> and someone's eventually going to dream uh, unlocking that door. It yeah. might not be you. It could be anyone. Probably Gina. Gina's going to have a dream <laughs> where she unlocks Gina. that door. I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it funny how you really try to close off your dreams? Like you're having a really scary dream. Like I just need to go back and, and finish, finish it off. Yeah. You wake up for a moment and, and sometimes it works and sometimes it just doesn't. I just need to get from here to there, but I've forgotten how to run. Oh, no. <laughs> and no Why one can do <laughs> Ah, dreams. Oh, yeah. Mm. Do you have any spooky stories, Rick Brown? 
No, my life is devoid of spookiness. Uh, the only the only thing I ever dream about or think about these days is uh, One Direction because my kids are obsessed <laughs> with it and I now know everything about One Direction and their separate solo careers. I have dreams about probably, you know, trying to get the band back together again. Um, if only I could just, you know, patch some of those relationships, motivate some of those boys to just, you know, get get the get the group together again for one more whirl. Uh, but you know, I don't know. You know, to some people that might be spooky, but to me, it's 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 comforting. I'm happy to have a One Direction dream. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I, I take it. I take it. <laughs> As someone who was obsessed with the New Kids on the Block, mm. uh, I, I I see that nothing bad can come from just wanting to have the good times continue to roll. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have been given uh, some mysteries to solve. Uh, because that's what we do and leadership of ghouls. Yeah, We're we presented do. with scary things and we tackle them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin, from afar, he has communicated us through email. It's quite Halloween-y because he called this meeting together and then he ghosted us. He yeah. ghosted <laughs> us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so he has given us some uh, problems or posed some questions. So I'm just going to start. Let's just get into it. Uh, Number one, let's start light. Let's not try and Mm. freak our listeners out too much. Uh, Scariest office fashion. So a lot of us have been working from home. In fact, most of us have been working from home. Office fashion is uh, none of your business. It's whatever I can be bothered turning up to the meeting (laughs) in. Uh, But back in the day, Mm. what would you have said? Uh, You know, some examples, you know, the shoulder pads, the power suit, was there a, is it, is it the everyone in uniform, the paisley tie thoughts? I've always found the the contradiction of the um you know the the sort of individualistic neck tie or socks um trying to really push that personality push push the personality traits out there yep. utilizing a very conformist um medium uh, has always intrigued me. I don't think it's necessarily scary, but I do find sometimes it almost becomes aggressively um over the top, you know yeah, what I mean? The wacky tie, the wacky socks. Oh, here comes Chuck and he's yeah. got, what, what What have you got on today, Chuck? Oh, Sylvester yeah. Stallone. Oh, you know. Chuck. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the the aggressive broadcasting of this is who I am and what I believe in through through a necktie. And yeah. I'm, I just feel like sometimes um, I don't need to know who you are or, or, or what you're thinking every moment of the day <laughs> via your necktie. <laughs> Gina? Oh, I think um, I think when I see people and I look at them and wonder, are you at a nightclub or are you in the office? Yeah. And, you know, when you've got offices that are designed with, you know, big <laughs> gaping holes through the middle of the, um, you know, the stairs and you can look right up um, at multiple levels, I, um, I think people really need to just remember they're at work and I might be sounding a little bit old. (laughs) Sometimes there are not enough modesty panels. Mm. No, no. And and glass, um, glass is very popular in the modern office these days. So I think that would be the, I'd say the modern fool. Yeah. 
It's um, hard to keep 360 degrees of um, modesty, though, yeah. isn't it? Um, <laughs> you, you're not planning for, for the full someone two stories below you being able to see uh, what's going on. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to it's hard to factor that in yeah. when you just you know you've just woken up, you've you've woofed down some breakfast, and you're putting an ensemble together. Very hard. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Um, it's been a, like a long time since I've been in an office, uh, but I worked at, I, I've worked places where there has been a casual Friday. And for me, that's where the scariest stuff would occur because it was, it for many who would wear maybe, maybe, maybe it is a bit of a, a college shirt or a, a, a blouse skirt situation. Um, uh, and for men, you know, maybe it's it's a it's a jacket, etc. And then suddenly on a Friday, it's uh, it's it's almost like they're going to the beach. Like mm. there's full coverage, but it's really like what you know you're still out. Like you know <laughs> you're still leaving the house. And the thing that I the and I'm I'm going to get emotional about it. The thing I don't want to see. Is someone in authority's knees? I do not want to see. <laughs> if you've risen that to that a level knees. of authority, no more knees. That's, yeah. that's the want, rules. It's, it's mainly rule. men's knees. I don't need to see a calf. I don't need Ooh. to see a knee in a board short on a Friday. If you're in the boardroom, you don't wear the board short. That's exactly. what the, that's the, that's the rule. <laughs> it's counterintuitive, but there it is. <laughs> uh, now, a bit, uh, I was thinking the. The flip side of the necktie for me, uh, where I do want to see your personality is on your mug. I think the more Ooh. the more personalised mugs that people have around the office, if I can see you walking around with a hot, hot beverage and I can just have a quick look at your mug and get a sense of who you are, yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe I just have, you know, not on the necktie, no to the necktie, yes to the mug. <laughs> Love it. Um, look. Moving to number two, <laughs> your mug on your mug. Yeah. Um, moving to number two, I like when it's world's greatest boss, like you're actually just tra- you're turning but up. That to says a lot. But that says a lot. You know, I understand a little bit more about you if you're the boss and you've got a world's greatest boss that you've clearly bought yourself. I know you a little better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and so on the subject of bosses, all right, number two. Okay, so a fictional company, there's been a, you you all work there, fictional company, there's been Mm. a massive restructure. Out of this list of people, who would be the scariest person to then have to report to? Colin's given us a few. He's Mm. given us Donald Trump, Miranda from The Devil Wears Prada, David Brent from The Office, Mr. Mm. Burns from The Simpsons, or if you can think of another one. Um, I mean, straight off the bat, I'm like, Donald Trump, because he's a real person who is a real boss and the others are fictional characters. So mm, I, I think I, I had shivers go down my spine from Miranda. Yeah. She was a, she was really, I, I feel like Donald, well, at least if you were one of his, he'd look after you somehow, oddly. Actually, that's a good point. If you show lo- loyalty. Yeah, I feel like he'd be like, yeah, you, you know, you're one of mine. And whereas Miranda wouldn't care because it's all about her. I don't. Yeah. I think David Brent would just be hilarious, I, and I, I think I've worked <laughs> with David Brent's before. So, I, it's it's not a great, it's not a great situation to be in, but it would be full of you just laughing and shaking your head. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I could, I could work with any of them. 
uh, you know, I could find a way. I'm, I'm used to just navigating my way through, you know, navigating diff- difficult personalities. I'd find a way in, whoever they are. I'm not afraid of any, I, I'll report to anyone. <laughs> Sign me up. Give the man a job. Give the yeah. guy a job. <laughs> that's, how I got through, that's how I got through high school. You just find a way to navigate all the social groups in a way where you're, you know, there's no target on your back. And it nice. got me through high school. It's got me through life and it'll get me through whatever situation I find myself in and whoever I'm reporting to, I'll find a way. <laughs> I believe in myself. That's what I've got on my mug. I believe in me. <laughs> well, okay. So navigating that leads, it's a beautiful segue into number three. So that idea of personalities then, Rick Brown, um, you the TV show, uh, the film What We Do in the Shadows, but the TV show, if you've mm-hmm. seen it, there's an energy vampire called Colin Robinson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that energy, how would you deal with that then? The idea of an energy vampire style person. So what does the energy vampire do? Just, just break it down for me. Sucks, they suck, suck your, your energy. energy. That makes yeah. sense. So, it's all there in the title. Yeah. It's like a, so think quiet, slow talkers, people mm-hmm. who manage somehow to separate you from the herd and mm. then just lock in. I could, actually name a few people in our world rick and i'm not going to because they <laughs> do, it, do it do <laughs> it <laughs> um but yes there's that <laughs> mm. and you, you know i have to... a list of people so <laughs> of course i do you've just got to schedule the time with them when you're looking to calm down a little bit you know we, like amanda you've got your insomnia issues maybe just schedule in some time with an energy vampire when you're feeling like you need a snooze out like a light yeah you just <laughs> got to use that energy vampire for your own for, for your own benefit uh there's always times in the day where you're like i'm a bit wired up oh, that second down. coffee yeah they come down better you know better book a meeting with colin not not colin not our colin obviously i'm talking to the energy <laughs> no, vampire from the tv i don't want to confuse i don't want to confuse the issues here but uh, yeah so book a meeting with the energy vampire just to get that second hit of caffeine out of your system. Yeah. Uh, I think there could be benefits. We're all, yeah. Look what on the bright you? side. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Gina? How do you handle oh, one? Gee, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I should have probably thought about this a little bit more, Rick, because that's a really constructive way to look at it. I was just going straight to killing them. <laughs> I mean, that's that's plan B, uh, to yeah. be fair. Look, Gina's you know? just got to start dreaming about them. And- <laughs> exactly. They will die. <laughs> they will die. I, I was thinking you go, like, you develop a code. Uh, you have a safe word. And so if, a, if your office colleague hears the safe word, they come and rescue you. <laughs> but I might what be would you, what, would you, what would your safe word be? Avocado. <laughs> <laughs> It is the safest of words. Yeah. It's, it's a safe food and it's a safe word. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Moving on, the scariest place to work. So he's, you know, some of these we're just going to be able to power through. Scariest place to work. These are just some examples. Lighthouse. Mm. Underground mine. Yeah. A submarine. Caretaker for a hotel that is shut down over winter. <laughs> <laughs> Or other. I mean, he hasn't got morgue there, but I guess that's. Yeah. He's covered some big ticket items there. Underground mine. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't like yeah. the idea of being underground. No. And that's a good one. I feel like that with uh, submarine as well. And same. If and I was a in a shout submarine. Shout out to all of our people working in submarines and mm. underground mines. <laughs> 
possibly if you're in a submarine in an underground mine, that would be the <laughs> worst. A double whammy, yeah. yeah. But you had to you had to use the submarine to get to the underground lighthouse. Oh. Mm. And I that's mean, where the accommodation really. for winter is going to be. <laughs> yeah, you're looking after a light, an underground lighthouse over winter, and uh, it's and you get there by a submarine. That's probably the worst case scenario. Yeah. Oh, and you're in space as well. It's in. <laughs> uh, it's on an asteroid. <laughs> don't even start me with space. That space is the scariest thing in the world for me. Oh, it's not in the world. It's out of this world. <laughs> Loophole. <laughs> Ah, oh, you know what sprung to mind for me it was Pet Cemetery. Did you yeah. ever see that movie? Pet oh Cemetery? yeah, oh, the original or the remake? The original and yeah, um, yeah. right that, on. Oh wow, too much. Um, and yeah. I, I think that would be a terrible place to work. Yeah, really bad. I mean, you know, the Wi-Fi or, is terrible. The, <laughs> the Wi-Fi is terrible, and there's a hideous reek of you yeah. know. And death. whoever, whoever thought to. Have a pet cemetery on a submarine. It's yeah. a, a terrible place for it. Oh, yeah. No good can come from that. Worst idea. <laughs> yeah. And is there, and then and then the Ramones pet cemetery song is the theme of that movie, and it's such a good song. It's like, mm. no, don't try to distract me from the horrors that I've just yeah. experienced. Yeah, you're not helping Ramones. <laughs> Shut up, Ramones. <laughs> I, I always get freaked out. Um, we often work at uh, the Abbotsford Convent uh, um, and, and at night. So Rick will have also worked there quite a bit uh, doing some improv teaching. And there's a moment, It's yeah, it's always at night, especially in winter, there's a moment where all the students are leaving and you as the teacher just have to turn off the lights and do a look around and almost never do the students wait with you. They're like, thanks, and off they walk as a gang and you're there turning off the lights. And if you're me, Ooh. I every time I'm terrified, like I just turn the lights off so quickly and run. Mm. And I could be busting to go to the toilet there and I will not go because no. there's too many hallways and the ghosts are lured. The, the the nuns are lured by the scent of urine as well. So it's 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 a very sensible it's a very sensible situation to avoid. Is is having a wee at the convent at yeah. night. The nuns don't like it. <laughs> Do you know there is there is one other place that um, when I visited it uh, when was it must have been five thousand years ago pre COVID um, Alcatraz. <laughs> oh, right. It was so spooky walking through there. I thought, imagine being the person that has to shut up mm. at the end of the day. Yeah. That would just be too much. There was such a feeling of spirit in there. Yeah. The place Alcatraz evokes such sort of um, dark imagery, but the word Alcatraz is so fun. Mm. <laughs> it's Delicious, real- isn't it? It's a real juxtaposition. Sounds oh. like a cocktail. Alcatraz. I don't <laughs> know. It's got because it's, it's got kind of it sounds a bit like pizzazz, which is yeah. fun. It sounds a bit <laughs> like abracadabra. <laughs> all these words, yeah. Um, so it's sad that it's associated with such darkness. Alcatraz. I sentenced you to twenty years at Alcatraz. That don't sound so bad. <laughs> Let the party begin. <laughs> there was a lot of very disappointed prisoners who arrived at Alcatraz. <laughs> Oh god! Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's true. 
Um, I wouldn't, I, it's, there's, I've only been to visit um, a jail in Ireland, uh, Kilmainham, Kilmainham Jail in Dublin. And yeah, there's just that feeling of <laughs> someone is the last person to leave. Yeah, it's that. You can work there in the daytime, it's fine. Uh, Fort Denison in Sydney is the, there's a fort in the middle of the harbour and it's like, yep, it's great. It's a great place to visit. But if you're the last person to leave and Fort Denison, you have to jump on a boat to get off. So, you know. At least it's not a submarine. It's not a submarine. (laughs) (laughs) But look, as a, as a performer, probably the scariest place to work isn't any of that. It's probably if you turn up to do a gig and it's a it's a noisy pub and there's no stage <laughs> and they just ask you to perform in the corner and they let you know <laughs> before you go on that no one actually knows that you're performing. Uh, yeah. It's a surprise um, <laughs> and they will be eating while you're performing and free to chat and, and roam. And people can just come in and out and watch and leave, whatever they like. It's, yeah. you know, we, don't, we don't really want to force people to watch it but um yeah we do need you to do an hour just in the corner there uh but in the other corner there's a band as well who will be playing um that's probably the scariest for me that's the sort of stuff that would cause a cold sweat in me yeah and and i know as a fact that we have done that before so any (laughs) any people any people looking to organize some corporate entertainment in particular if you're going to have uh (laughs) if you're going to have some entertainment unless unless it is a band that Mm. is happy to be talked over that can um, be background Give us a stage, maybe some lighting. Mics are amazing. If you can provide those, <laughs> tell your audience, stop food service. Um, We're very yeah. needy. We're very yeah. needy. But you get, you know, you get the reward if you satisfy our needs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we charge you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Papa's got to eat. <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on. Great. I think we've discovered that uh, maybe mainly mainly underground and mm. water and places where there are the dead. An underground mm. submarine pub with finger yeah. food uh, and a band. What was the? Um, there was a movie where the um, the tagline was, "It's not the, it's I'm not afraid of the dead. No, don't be afraid of the dead. You should be afraid of the living." And I I, I don't. It's a tagline in something, but I often <laughs> think that about like morgues and cemeteries and things like that's like oh it's it's the living that are more scary and so i'm just in a perpetual state of fear yeah yeah so to negate the fear of the unknown you've given yourself a very palpable feel of uh, fear of just actually everyone everyone everywhere yeah um that's probably not helping you yeah, no. the insomnia, the insomnia is starting to make more sense. Yeah, because you can avoid cemeteries <laughs> a lot more than you can avoid just sort of people everywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you're probably better to be afraid of cemeteries than just people as a rule. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's also a lesson to not let your kids watch. There's a reason why there's a rating system. And I think <laughs> I was allowed to watch some things. My parents, actually, no, my parents didn't know I was watching, sneaking in to watch things, just just like you, Gina, just sneaking in the background. I was just going to the toilet. To be fair, to be fair, it sounds like the thing that affected you the most was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which is specifically, you know, a kid's film, uh, which you would have been able to watch regardless. So perhaps it didn't matter what you were watching. Something about seeing Benny Hill do an Austrian German (laughs) accent. (laughs) Terrifying. Terrifying. All right. Well, this is uh, the next moving on. Isolation. It's yeah. very scary. 
We've just been through a heap of it. Mm. The mind starts to wonder, uh, mm. wonder, wonder, and makes, wonder. Yeah. Both. It's, oh. it's applicable. It's applicable. Happy uh, accident. Yeah. <laughs> what have you discovered about isolation, about either surviving, thriving, or something else that rhymes with surviving or thriving? In diving, isolation? deep diving. Deep diving. Mm. Backseat driving. <laughs> Conniving. Any yeah. discoveries? Yeah. Uh, look, in terms of my own, my own, uh, I guess, state of isolation, for large parts of it, it was it was no problem. I found I was I'm well equipped to deal with that. I mean, I've it wasn't a super isolating experience for me because I've got family and kids who are old enough to not be logistically draining um but young enough to be full of full of joie de vivre um and uh, so so i sort of had some built-in amusements uh surrounding me anyway so it wasn't a truly isolated experience but i also was um i realized i'm well equipped mentally i quite like you know not having to go out and do stuff and see lots of people so that suited me quite well uh, but I did find during the winter months, um, d- in the depths of winter, I, I, I started to feel I was getting quite glum. Uh, and I was like, why am I glum? I'm like, oh, I've probably got a few reasons to feel glum. <laughs> um, but when the sun came out again, that, that cheered me up to, to no end. Yeah. Sun is amazing. Amazing. Gina? Yeah, I don't, see, I don't remember winter at all. I felt like, I felt like it never came and it was 16 degrees it's been 16 degrees forever. Um, but I, I probably haven't enjoyed it as much as you, Rick. I have really missed being around people during the day and have found it quite challenging to stare at a screen for nine hours. Um, so my little my little tricks have been treat every day as if it's a party. <laughs> so as soon as it hits 5.36, like let's put on a movie, <laughs> let's um, eat really fun food, um, and look, that probably was fun and great for about a month, but it, <laughs> yes, yeah. it's been long Spook, spookily somehow. <laughs> I like, you know, I, I just clicked my fingers and one day it like, you know, doubled in size and I couldn't figure out why it was a mystery. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think getting up, moving and, and the important piece during the day is having those social interactions, um, you know, you're used to seeing people and just talking a little bit even in between conversation, in between meetings. And so making sure over lunchtime, making a social call um, rather than a work call and just talking with friends, family during the day whilst that piece was missing was really yeah. important. It still, still is, right? So Yeah. And you obviously do, I mean, the listeners can't see this, but you know, we are meeting over Zoom and Gina has a Halloween uh, virtual oh. background unless you decided to do something amazing to your house. Uh, mm. It is a virtual background. <laughs> yeah, I redecorated, yes. Yeah. Um, and you have uh, some awesome uh, leopard print ears, yes. I think. Yeah, leopard. I grew ears yeah. overnight, yeah. You've so gone like the extra mile, you know. Completely in the spirit. Look, I really wanted to bring something today, and um, you know, g- given that um, I'm dressed for you, that's that's a big tip. Yeah, it's a, it's a visual, uh, it's a visual treat. You know, so I'm I'm glad I could I could do that. Yeah, and I think the big thing is with the um 
isolation stuff is yeah there are the, it's a spectrum because we weren't just for one week or 14 days in a quarantine quarantine the word that i can now remember mm-hmm. um it's it's been you know i mean people are coming up to 8 months of working from home mm. i think it's around 8 months now yeah. and um there are varying degrees of isolation in that. So for some people, you're still in a busy household, so that's not that isolating because you've, you're surrounded by people. But sometimes being surrounded by people is where you're getting isolated because you just want that time to disengage. But I think the big thing that I've discovered is just to, and I hope I, I mean, I'm a pretty judgy person. Rick Brown knows this. We've travelled a lot together and he knows me. I have a list of enemies and people that quickly <laughs> quickly go on that list based mm. on behaviours uh, and interactions. <laughs> but the, the thing I think I'm finding is I need to just be more empathetic about I don't know how you handled it. I don't know. And, and I can't judge you mm. if you enjoyed some of it and I can't judge you if you hated every minute of it. Um, everyone's experience is going to be unique under the umbrella of us all understanding that we went through something unique. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm definitely moving into a space of just trying to be more kind and open-minded and and not comparative about how you handled it or how I handled it. And if we're all up and awake and able to talk to someone like, okay, that could be just the tick. That could be you having a successful day. I think to, um, I think, in balance with that too, people are having to volunteer how they're feeling a lot more. So yes, you need to reach out and ask people how they're feeling and coping and what's working, not working. But I think it's a it's a partnership there with people having to be really um, yeah explicit with what they need. Uh, you should just have colour-coded yeah. backgrounds um, for <laughs> your moods. And just put it on the mug. If yeah. you put it on the mug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which mug you choose to have your hot beverage in tells me a lot about how you're feeling. So make it clear, hold the mug up and we'll all know a little bit more and we can act accordingly. (laughs) But you're right, Gina. I think that's one of, certainly it's more than once that has come up in people's conversations, which is Mm. I'm actually doing a more honest check-in or I'm having to be more honest to say, today's not a good day. Let's just get through this meeting. Um, You know, can we do this tomorrow? There's been... A little bit more honesty around that, and the V word, not vampire, but vulnerability. Oh. Oh. It's yeah, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but how good is fun party food? How good is treating every day like a party? <laughs> I tell you what, it was so much fun, and my husband loved it because he was coming home from work and was like, "Right, it's party." <laughs> I I I was especially during remote learning, looking at the clock sometimes and going, "If I can just." I'll just at five o'clock, I just got to make it to five o'clock and then I can, you know, develop a drinking problem. But <laughs> if I make it to five o'clock, that's yeah. conceivably okay. And that it was, was a couple of weeks. And then it was like, oh, you know what? This is not going away. So I can't continue this habit. Let's just, start at four o'clock. Yes, yeah, start at four o'clock. <laughs> five o'clock's too long. It's, it's far away. Four oh, there have makes been a Sunday, lot more sense. <laughs> there have been Sunday afternoons where it hits three and I'm like, <sighs> It's well, Sunday. What you gonna I, do? I don't, dr- I don't drink on Mondays, Tuesdays, or Wednesdays or Thursdays anymore. Mm. It's three so o'clock Sunday. on a Sunday. It's reasonable, yeah. I'm gonna make it up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've got four days worth of drinking to squeeze in. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, and I do. <laughs> All right, so isolation sorted. Where we've got that covered. Um, you know, 
and we'll probably be doing virtual things for a very long time. So oh, we're all working it out. Um, but here's one that uh, Colin has posed. Um, CEOs, they get spooky. a bad rap. Oh, yeah. yeah, spooky, yeah. They get a bad rap, you know, and sometimes deservedly so. Um, some studies suggest that they can bias towards being sociopaths. Sociopathy? How do you say that? Sociopathy. Sociopathy. <laughs> the word itself is scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so if we considered... If we considered this in a supernatural world, uh, what would we find that CEOs are most likely to be? Like, if 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 in if if, mm. if they're not of the human realm, would mm. they? Most CEOs. We're being very generalistic here. <laughs> this is a sweeping generalization. <laughs> yes. Uh, but there's the 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 CEOs you. But every CEO yeah. is a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Mm. Vampires, ghosts, aliens, zombies, witches, or serial killers. <laughs> I would, hmm, it might be more sort of some sort of cy- cyborg kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of the right word. And I, I mean, I know so many CEOs, I don't want to offend them. Yeah. Me and Rick's CEOs. Always are hanging s- around in the C suite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm. I, I've got to be very careful what I say. I've got to tread lightly or I won't be invited to the CEO retreat, uh, <laughs> which is my favourite retreat of all. Um, I, maybe, I, maybe alien for me. I think I have this visual of um, this alien that has quite quite a blank look in their well, they don't, you know, they don't really have a look in their face, do they? They're sort of a bit expressionless aliens. Well, the yeah. ones we've seen. Mm. And when they and when they blink, it's side to side, not up yeah. and down. Bam, 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 <laughs> yeah. and, and I feel like you could hear them saying, I have my goals and metrics. I must get the earthlings to do what they need to do to achieve the metrics. And and so I think, yeah, I could see the alien being a great CEO. I was thinking of those, you know, those movies where, and, and, and they are CEOs in the movies, you know, where it's the person at the top of the tier who's sold their soul to the devil. Oh. Uh, and so they become either soulless or they have to behave in a certain way, even though they don't want to, but they have to because they've made this pact with someone or, or you know, like, you know, in Buffy, they live on the hell mouth and they've, to get the good position, they've they've made some sort of uh, you know blood pact. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like you know, like I said, all the CEOs that I know <laughs> are soulless psychopaths. Yeah, we See, agree. This, this is why Colin couldn't be on it today because he yeah. would he knows ah. and he would have to name names. <laughs> He's just a classy guy. Yeah. No, I'm definitely going with like a cyborg sort of droid. You know, they're programmed to um you. Know, to hit the KPIs and 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 do certain things, but then and they've been programmed to uh, affect emotions, uh, but it is very much just um, a program. It's it's not true. It's not true emotions. So CEOs are, are droids. Um, CEPOs, C3PO. Uh, it's all in there. I don't know. There's there's a there's a link in there somewhere. I can't quite make it, but. Yeah, R2D2 if I, if and I, CEPO. If I hadn't have made you tap out at the beginning of the episode, you would name it. <laughs> yeah. You get what you get, Amanda. You get what you get. Oh, and I like it. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, but of course, look, I'm not talking about all the CEOs I know, except mm. I am explicitly talking about each and every one of you. You know who you are. You're soulless monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Them's oh. fighting words. <laughs> Um, all right. So we've got cyborgs and aliens. And it's going to be a see- tense retreat this year. It's going to be very tense. <laughs> <laughs> when you have to build a raft out of those straws, Rick Brown, you will. <laughs> Something tells me Rick's not getting to the retreat. <laughs> I'll get there. They can't stop me. I'll get send my way onto the retreat. It's what I do. <laughs> it's true, Gina. It is what he does. <laughs> And it's not the same without him anyway. <laughs> Damn it. I'm like the court jester, Gina. I'm like the court jester. I can speak truth to the powerful, all right, and they don't get mad at me. I've got license, all right, and I, they need me at the retreat. Otherwise, the retreat won't have the same moxie. Oh, <laughs> ah. oh God, I love that word, moxie. Um, <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably also the name of a prison somewhere. I'm going to Moxie. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the word pox, you know, like a pox on both, which I know is a plague, like the chicken pox. But when Mm. you hear pox, it sounds like pox. (laughs) (laughs) Like something that you would find in K-pop or something, which is fun. (laughs) Horrible words that have fun feelings to them. Alcatraz and pox. We've, Mm. We've got two on the list so far. Feel and free op- to add to them. <laughs> the opposite is true with Moxie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. So why do people enjoy scary stories? What can people in organisations learn about storytelling from this? Mm. Do we do we teach, do we learn fear-based <laughs> behaviours? Do we scare <laughs> the crap out of our staff mm. in order to get them to comply? Well, well I guess it's, I guess the... The easiest comparison or, or thing to draw from that is that we don't necessarily need to be telling safe stories all the time. We can push ourselves into unknown, into the unknown, into the uncertain, into stuff that scares us, uh, and we can often thrive better in, in with that um, narrative than we can with a safe, uh, conventional narrative. Yeah. So good. as a business, don't don't just tread in safe water. Throw a shark in that water. Throw a shark in there. Not a Gina. Did you not listen to her story? <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> oh, I think there's something really interesting about um, when someone's telling you a spooky story, you can debate with it a bit. You can say, ah, oh, that can't be true. And you can, you know, really get involved and pull apart the bits of the story. Whereas, you know, and I think how could that be a compelling um way to work it means sort of opening up the form for a conversation about the story it's not a one it's a two it feels like a two-way it's more interactive yeah and I think um that would be really interesting if people invited people to debate the information I'm giving to you yeah yeah in a really constructive way and there's certainly that that thing of once you're a part of that because if you, if you if you can get involved in the story, then you're part of the story, which means you're invested in the story. I think with scary stuff as well, with scary stories, retelling them or even listening to them, um, because there's an emotive response, mm. uh, the memory, they sit in the memory better. Oh, yeah, that really scared me. It made me feel this. And then you can actually, like, when I hear certain things, 
because of the emotional impact, sometimes I have a better memory of it. I can remember I, where I was when I heard that or, um, yeah. you know, the person who was telling me it, maybe what they were wearing. I can have a stronger connection to it. So maybe that idea of which ties in the two, it's interactive. But then as Rick said, it's more exciting. So I'm going to be more invested having those something a bit dangerous not that you want your workplace to be dangerous because OH&S is key, but <laughs> I'll be more invested. Just have vats of acid scattered <laughs> around the office, you know, above doors. Someone yeah. walks into a meeting room, oh, splashed with acid. Yeah. Keep, keep the workplace just a little bit like a frisch on of tension, like something bad could happen at any moment. I think that's why we like scary stories is because we, we want more acid to fall on us in our workplace. <laughs> I might have drawn a long bow on that one, but I think yeah. I've stumbled onto a real, I'm going to bring it up at the CEO retreat and I think yeah. I'm going to get some traction. Yeah. You have, you have the ear of the king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also scary stories, I guess, challenge uh, our assumptions, uh, you know, it's uh, or, or, or they ask if this is possible, what else is possible? You know, if um, the assumption is that when your pets die, they stay dead. But what if that was not true? Your pets come back. But that also makes me think, why do scary stories, also, when they challenge those assumptions, always give us the worst case scenario? Why, why couldn't Pet Cemetery be a happy story? Like, why do they come back haunted? What if Pet Cemetery was like, you get your pet back and it's good? Why didn't Marley and me end, well, I mean, spoilers, uh, you know, <laughs> with a bit of Pet Cemetery action and they get another 10 15 years out of Mali. What? I don't know why we always have the bad side of these assumptions. I want a happy, feel good pet cemetery. And if someone doesn't make it soon, I'll be disappointed. I don't think, I don't think anyone wants to cuddle a dog with mange and a missing leg, right? What if it comes back nice? Why does it come back zombie? There's got to be a pet cemetery that does it properly. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I think the pet cemetery we watched was the dodgy, the dodgy, ill-conceived pet cemetery it was it was the first version that they stopped using there's probably a real good one out there somewhere that's what i'm saying well without you know this is a spoiler too a game of thrones spoiler but you know john snow it i mean (laughs) turned out all right didn't he's a good he's a good example of you know you bring back the dead it's not always a bad thing yeah that is a big spoiler alert but if you didn't know that by now uh, you're not that interested. You're in not Game into of Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> You've lost the right. You've lost the right to insist that we don't spoil it for you. Yeah. We gave you ample time. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, what was that? Um, uh, I can't remember it. But the, the the there was a movie where um it was the the, the spoiler alert was the character is a man, and uh, it was that thing the where crying game, crying game, and written like so. I think that's a 30 year old film now. So you're, there are certain things you're allowed to spoil. Um, I feel, I feel no, I didn't get a lot of uh, the blank faces suggest. No, I should not have spoiled that. (laughs) I I feel like once it's, there's a certain period when it's, when it's still in the, in the, in the zeitgeist or in the pop culture where you, you, you can't spoil it, but then a certain amount of time passes and you can spoil it. Uh, But then if more time passes, I think this. I've just ruined the, a cult classic. The embargo comes back on. Ooh. It's like, oh no, I'm on my own the, list. Because now people who haven't seen it might not have just not seen it because they weren't interested. They just never heard of it. They didn't know. Uh, you know what I mean? So, and there's a whole new generation yeah. that 
that never had the chance to experience it. So I feel like the embargo comes back on after a time period. And what have you gone and done, Amanda? What have you gone and done? <laughs> yeah. Um, you've turned the crying game into a crying shame. That's what you've done. <laughs> oh, but you're laying the pl- the crying blame. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my crying name. That's my crying name. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, all right. I'm going to crying tame this beast. Oh, yeah. I uh, went one too far. I went one nah. too far. Um, look, this it's is right, our I'm last. I'm the crying same. I'm the crying same. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Gina. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Is this your nightmare? It's your nightmare come true, Gina. You're stuck in a Zoom meeting with two improvisers who won't stop making puns about the crying. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're on to our last. We're we're coming to a close. This is our last one. Um so Given Melbourne and many major cities, offices are empty at the moment. Mm. So we've got these CBDs full of buildings that are completely and and yeah. empty. Oh, yeah. And shout out to Europe as well. Look, we did curfews before they were cool. All right. Yeah. You're not, yeah. Don't don't act like you're all like good with your curfews, mate. We 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 invented curfews anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. We've been there. Um, so yes, looking at all of those empty buildings, uh, what nightmare situation can you picture uh, when we go back into the office again? What do you think we'll find? Is it just you know a, a half drunk coffee that's grown a colony of mold on top of it um is it you know someone's left a banana skin on their desk or is it more insidious oh, so well, much more yeah i think the fact that there would have been food um food everywhere you know to a relative extent uh left and and plant life as well i think all all of that will contribute to the the rats and mice uh will thriving will have had no one to get in their way. They would have had a fair bit of food to draw on from all the shutdown places. I don't see how we reclaim the city from the rats and mice. I think we must just accept that Melbourne is rats and mice-topia and we can visit from time to time, but we're never getting it back. (laughs) Gina. Oh, it's such a disgusting thought, isn't it? Um, I actually have been dreaming and fantasizing a bit about the return Uh-oh. to the office, and I have had I have had this vision of something happening, which is quite hideous. <laughs> and it's that we all go back to the office, and it's normal, and it's hey, oh, you know, and, and we're months down the track, but little did we know that the air vents had been taken over by demons and the plants. <laughs> have you seen Little Shop of Horrors? Yes. Yeah. So the plants at nighttime were actually developing vines and it was so discreet that we didn't know, but it was months down the track. So we're well and truly back in the office and people just start getting taken out. So the demons drop down from the air vents and just take people's heads off. The vines, people are, you know, getting to the vending machine and they're bending down to get their Snickers and a vine wraps them up and eats them up and it's just hideous mess and it happens really quickly in the entire workforce well no sorry only 50 percent of the workforce is allowed in the office mm. so lucky yeah. lucky <laughs> team, team b team b are really mm. glad they weren't in that day but it's yeah. like absolutely annihilated the whole team i mean it's 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 dire 
Um, it's a two-pronged. It's a two-pronged vision. You've got you've got sentient plants and demons in the events. Um, <laughs> if, you, if one of them doesn't get you, the other one will. <laughs> but, but perhaps this is our solution to the growing unemployment issue. Um, there's going to be a lot of lot of vacancies. Yeah. Are you under 35? How to cut your costs. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, look, it just sounds like with Melbourne reopening up, that is a lot to look forward to, mm. a rat-infested uh, human-eating plant <laughs> situation. <laughs> oh, yes, because obviously they don't like rats and mice. They've been left. They're specifically human only um, because we need to pay for our sins. Sadly, <laughs> for some workplaces, this is actually an improvement uh, to the conditions that people were working in. So some people will be quite happy with the uh, the way things have turned out. Yeah, with those cyborg and alien CEOs. This <laughs> you is... know who you are. <laughs> oh dear. Um, well, that's it. We've done it. We've we've treaded the uh, the <clears throat> waters of everything spooky and scary and clearly left listeners with an impending sense of doom rather than any sense of hope at all. So, <laughs> so happy Halloween. <laughs> um, uh, and just, yeah, just finishing out from both of you, is there anything in this weird old uh, Halloween this year, um, any, any way that you're going to celebrate apart from maybe arming yourself against the onslaught of rat bites? And plant bites. <laughs> uh, look, I've I've been working on a show uh, that it's basically it's it's a, it's a morbid piece. It's I'm hoping to get Judy Dench in it, uh, exploring some very sad uh, some very sad topics. It's called the Crying Dame, and it's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, worth the wait, worth the wait. I believe that's called a shelve and a, and a callback. <laughs> and, and a very long, patient setup. Uh, I was happy to take my time. I mean, no rush. That's the, another benefit of isolation and, and me still not willing to go out my five-kilometre radius. I've got time to do very long setups for, some might say, not really worth it jokes. But, hey, <laughs> it's, it's, it's people's opinion. That's right. That's right. Gina, a, a show that you've been working on. Oh, I can't. I can't really compete with that. Um, no, I don't have a show I'm working on like Crying Dame. Uh, no, just just a couple of cheeky drinks and quizzes later yeah. with the team. Yeah. Oh, sounds awesome. Mm. Uh, we are going to uh, just watch uh, a YouTube compilation of people walking through scary uh, amusement park Ooh. games and Ooh. just laugh at them being <laughs> frightened. That's if, what we've got planned. And if anyone knocks on anyone's door and says trick or treat at all, I mean, even in a normal year, it's it's enough to get my blood, you know, my blood pressure rising. But this year, oh, you're going to cop it. Don't knock on my door, kids. It's not the year for it. I'm on edge. I won't stand for it. <laughs> Stay away from Rick Brown, girls <laughs> and boys. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Gina McCartney, Rick Brown. Um, you guys are wonderful and it's so good to have a giggle and a laugh and also a little bit of a freak out with you both this year. Uh, and to our leadership of ghouls listeners, um, 
normal programming will resume, but for now, stay safe. Ooh, look out, beware the rats. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you. ThePeopleSpot.com is the place to visit when you need to make the people part of your role easier, more genuine and more suited to you. ThePeopleSpot.com is the new home of people content from Colin Beatty and the team at Leadership of Fools. ThePeopleSpot.com